What's up, folks? Welcome to another edition of Hitting the High Notes. This is Utah Jazz Talk. Thank you for hitting the high notes with us. Um, uh, the Jazz um, uh, played the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, they go one-and-one one in a home-and-home home series, uh, just like we all expected. Um, uh, so, yeah, not too bad. Let me um, uh, introduce the co-host here, Mr. Jared Barker. What's up, Jared? It's going down. I'm yelling, Timber. Yes. The Jazz didn't lose. <laughs> they won that game, yeah. If, if you remember, I didn't know what else to remember. I didn't know what else to remember. Uh, okay, Pitbull. There. Okay, Pitbull, be quiet. <laughs> they do call me Mr. Worldwide. Uh, <laughs> and folks, I'm a, we are just happy to be, um, uh, uh, we invited some guests. We, we got a trio. We have the Hanson brothers, I assume, uh, a trio of um, uh, uh, artists here. The, uh, the, you can follow them at Cowhide Comics, I believe. That's the one. All right. It's Dustin Tanner and Davis Hansen. Um, uh, you guys are on Twitter at Cowhide Comics. Uh, Jared, I'm uh, kind of set this up because uh, he shared um, uh, this really um, uh, great um, uh, artist or rendition that you guys did uh, for the first Minnesota and uh, Jazz game. Uh, explain a little more, or like just describe to the audience what it looked like. The the well, we decided. It actually, a friend of mine sent me a picture of uh, of his really bad picture that he had found of the Sacramento Kings drawn as Simpsons characters. And like any true jazz fan, I knew I could do, if a Kings fan can do something, I knew we could do something better. So <laughs> yep. we drew uh, pretty much the whole Utah jazz 2019 team as Simpsons characters. Um, yeah. So and I'm, uh, as Jared I'm, uh, pointed out the, the, who do you think the best character drawn on that one was Jared? I think you, you tweeted about it, but. Oh yeah, oh yeah, Quinn Snyder, man. The Quinn <laughs> Snyder being a, almost a doppelganger for Moshe's lack is perfect. Yeah, it's like, pretty perfect. Impressive. I mean, yeah, he yeah, just somebody, didn't have the Mo nose, which is fine because yeah. Quinn doesn't have a Mo nose. So that's yeah. true. <laughs> the, the, somebody tweeted out a picture of Mo's and they painted off the, you know, the banner and put Quinn's on it, and it's oh, it was... a tiny desktop. So <laughs> that's very... that's incredible. <laughs> Uh, I'm looking for Amanda. Amanda Hug and Kiss. Is there Amanda Hug and Kiss here? <laughs> I think I think one of my one of my all time all time has got to be. He's like, okay, I'm calling. No, no, I was gonna say the one with huge ass, but yeah. no, it's the, it's the one where the other guy is actually there, and he's like, this is a horrible prank gone wrong. <laughs> all right, <See> you later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, uh, we're going to get into some Simpsons talk a little bit later in the podcast. But first, we want to, you know, pe- people join this for some Utah Jazz Talks. So let's do some Utah Jazz Talk. Uh, we're um, uh, taping this one, recording this. I don't taping. It's not a tape. We're recording this um, Wednesday night. The Utah Jazz. It's um, still uh, commonly used, especially by people like, you know, over 30. Yeah, I know. <laughs> kind of old. Uh, we're still. Um, uh, uh, I don't know. I've heard twenty something say taping too. Right. The Utah. Anyways, Jazz, um, uh, enough linguistics. The Utah Jazz beat the um, uh, uh, Timberwolves on the second of uh, home and home. So, uh, the game that everybody thought the Jazz were going to win, uh, the home game they lost. The game that they are more likely to lose, the away game the Jazz win. In essence, really, the Jazz going one on one on the trip is not totally unexpected at all. So, um, the Jazz still took care of business. That's cool. Yeah, what's cool is we played against the team that they had Wiggins back, right? And then we beat that team instead of the lesser team where they didn't have Wiggins. Yeah, you know, it's kind of nice. 
So the, I mean, the, so the the loss against the Timberwolves felt like a uh, a lot of Jazz fans felt like it was another bad loss, two bad losses in a row after losing the one point game to the Grizzlies um, uh, uh, last weekend, uh, and combine that with the Kings loss that they had. I think the Jazz are kind of right, right where I believe they they were going to be around eight and five, nine and four is about where I probably would have you know gun to my head at the beginning of the year where where I would have placed them because the Jazz also won games against the Sixers and Bucks at home that. They very well could have lost. So, are we are, are we technically nine and five now, or because we're uh, fourteen games in, right? Yeah, I think it's nine and five. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, but I mean that's about where I thought they were going to be. So, um, sounds about cool. right. Uh, Dustin uh, Tanner Davis, um, uh, you guys can weigh in here. W- what did you guys expect the Jazz to be? Um, uh, you know, fourteen games in the season after this game, before the season. Uh, I thought they'd be way more potent offensively. I mean, I've listened to David Locke, follow him on Twitter. He's a big stats guy. Uh, I remember him saying after the Timberwolves lost two games ago um, that in the second quarter, the Jazz, their offensive rating is at like 97 when the league averages 106. So they're like mm-hmm. 10 points below the league average offensively. And considering they're spending three times as much on these two really potent offensive all-stars in Boyan and Mike Conley, it's, it feels like they're still kind of picking up the pieces at this point. I thought um, we'd probably be a little bit more further along in terms of offensive scoring. And maybe some of it's shot selection. Maybe it's just in a slump. Maybe they're just figuring things out from a coaching standpoint. It's kind of hard to dissect where they'd be at but defensively they're still marvelous like totally up to snuff and Rudy Gobert is anchoring the paint like he always does so I mean that's met my expectation really well but offensively I think they'd be doing a little bit better at this point yeah Yeah. I think who who and I were both about oh wait I'm sorry I forgot that you guys have multiple people over there (laughs) no you're you're good you're good go on it was a Tanner or that was Tanner Yeah. yeah We sound a lot alike, so <laughs> yeah, you know, just yeah, they'll just get people will get confused. Go um, ten or go. <laughs> we um, that uh, we were kind of laughing about because we said at the beginning of the season we were saying, yeah, man, it looks like they kind of traded offense for defense, you know, and so we were worried defensively of how they were going to come out of the gate, but defensively they've been fine. It's it's interesting to me that the offense has been the thing. It's kind of the opposite of what I expected, but record wise. You know, I, I'm kind of with who on this one. I, I thought this was about where we'd be. You know, I'm not surprised. And actually, I think we looked at it like the first 20 games and we were like, yeah, five above anything above 500 would be pretty good because they had the Bucks and they had the 76ers and the Clippers twice. And, you know, I mean, it's been a rough schedule. So I, I'm not I'm not one of the uh, hanging off the edge of the cliff type of jazz fan guys. I think we're in pretty good shape. Why don't you step back from that ledge, my friend? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> we do a lot of karaoke on this um, podcast as well. That's good to know. Uh, I was going to yeah. quote Thelma and Louise, but I'll leave that for the, uh, the other podcast. <laughs> right, right, right. So, yeah, the Jazz, <laughs> up, uh, I mean, ironically, I'm, uh, the Jazz are exactly where we're at, right? The, you know, with a, with a low-rated offense, but a really high-rated defense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And that brings me to um, one of the points I wanted to make was that uh, 
uh, one of the reasons that we thought the defense was going to suffer is because we lost, uh, the jazz lost Derek favors in the off season. And, um, you know, it, it had, it's one of the moves that kind of had to happen. And a, a lot of people I've been seeing lately after the, after, especially after the bad losses, uh, because of the rebounding and everything are like, well, this is why we're missing Derek, Derek favors. This is why the jazz missed Derek favors. And he was underappreciated. Um, and I thought that was kind of weird because, Oh, I was just thinking that, yeah, we've seen a lot of that talk, and it's like, I mean, Derek Favors wasn't really, Derek and Rudy together wasn't helping our offense be super stellar, so it's like, it's kind of weird that we're struggling offensively, and then we're going, oh, we're missing Derek Favors. Yeah, and (laughs) I I get a lot of Jazz fans miss Derek Favors, and um, Jared is is a huge proponent of uh, Favors. Yeah. When he signed the podcast contract, he... He stipulated that it had to be at least five minutes of Derek Favors talking every podcast. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I, I get that people, yeah, I get people like Derek Favors. And number, one, I think the tweets are weird about people not because I think I think at least the Jazz Twitter bubble that I'm in, I see a lot of people who appreciate Derek Favors, and um, the ones that I uh, agree with are the ones that understand that, you know. Derek Favors doesn't mesh with this team. I mean, just salary cap wise, I don't yeah. know what move the Jazz could have done it to to yeah. get to get Conley and Bogdanovich and keep Favors. I mean, it's almost virtually impossible to fit all that uh, salary on the roster. If if Derek Favors were to come the back only next way year, that's ever going to happen is if he comes next year in a vet minimum, and that's not going to happen. Or, or for the MLE, something like that. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean, there's no re- there's no reason unless he really wants to take a huge discount to come back and play for the jazz, which I just don't see it happening, but Hey, you know, again, that'll be something we talk about in game 80 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, did I, yeah, I think it's weird that people want to, they, of course they, they love Boyan, you know, Boyan has shown that offensively he is worth, you know, what the jazz are paying I'm, him. I'm going to stop you before you finish off your Boyan thought, because just to finish off with favors. He had that 2020 game last week. Woo. Woo. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was good. <laughs> um, um yes yeah, so I, I think it's just weird to like keep bringing up favors um because the jazz defense is not suffering it's, it's not the, it's not the defense is suffering yeah the jazz backup center right now is suffering but it's because their jazz backup center that they signed in the offseason is hurt ed, ed davis is supposed to be the backup center and uh he you know he's gonna be reevaluated in two weeks or evaluated in two weeks and hopefully that means He'll be back sooner than later. That's my hope, at least. But yeah, the Jeff Green, uh, Tony Bradley menace at the five have not gone extremely well in the games that they've played. So the sooner the better would be would be great to get Ed Davis back. Yeah, I wonder how much of that also comes from, you know, fans that are diehard enough that they're digging around and checking out the box score for New Orleans and looking at it and going, man, Derek Favors is getting like six, seven minutes a night some nights. You know, and I, I've seen a lot of people tweeting out like they're not even using him properly, and you know, so there's some sore grapes there. It's kind of like the ex-girlfriend that leaves and you see her with a guy that doesn't treat her right. You're like, what? Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> a, that's, a, that's a, <laughs> you so much better. Uh, that's a good analogy. I mean, I mean, <laughs> that's a great been, analogy. Yeah, Favors has been kind of hurt this year too, so that's not totally yeah. New Orleans' fault. So, right. Um, no, for sure, it's not. Uh, another weird thing I saw on Twitter before the game, actually, and I, I retweeted it out. And I, do, I don't want to come at the guy because uh, I think he I think he has a right to this to voice this opinion. I just think it's a, a weird semantic in, in linguistics. Um, 
when um, uh, somebody asks, is this a quote unquote must win game for the jazz? And um, uh, I, I'm going to throw it to the Hassans first here. When, when you guys hear must win, what do you guys think of when, or like, what do you think a must win is, uh, you know, for, for the jazz? If you're on the brink of making and not making the playoffs and it's a must win, or if you're <laughs> moving on to the next round, I don't know. As long as the Utah, Utah makes it to the playoffs and make it far, it doesn't matter to me, really. I mean, how can we know? Every Is every game a must-win game? I mean, you win as many games as you can to make it to the playoffs. Yeah. Right, right. Jared, I'm a... Uh, we're of the same same mind in this respect. Yeah. Right. And that, that's why I put I out there because... What? I think there's some games that can come off as must-wins in the regular season that are kind of like kind of like, you know, thumping your chest type of games. Like, you know, to come back after the Clippers beat them and to beat the Clippers, like, that's not really a must win, but I can see how it can build a lot of mojo for the next four or five games. And I think those are important. Oh, yeah. It's more of, but, more of a statement. Okay. I hate the term must win, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> I just don't. I agree. It's like playoffs. Like, that's a must win. Like, yeah. or you don't get to play tomorrow. It's more of a like, statement game or a signature yeah, a game. Like game, you're saying, right. that's one of your best games. Yeah. It's one of your best games of the year, or something. But yeah, I agree with you. Must win just doesn't doesn't have the right feel to it. Yeah. Especially not in a situation where you're down like three one and you're on the brink of elimination or something. Right. If you're saying that there are must win games, then you're implicating that there are must lose games too. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, right? Because the first like, time they played Minnesota, that was a must lose game, so that you could win the next Minnesota game. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, because like, what are the, what are the stakes if you lose a quote unquote must win game in the regular season? You know. Right. Like, like, like does that mean the season's over? No. So. But why, jazz why? Fans oh yeah, exactly. Right. So it's a must win game. So if you didn't win it, then what must you do now? Yeah. Like, like if you <laughs> well, lose a must win game, what are the stakes? So. You have to fire a jazz dancer. <laughs> oh, that's that's Aww. pretty cruel, man. They don't even make that much. <laughs> are we? Hey, why why are we coming out the, the jazz dancers, man? <laughs> I kid, I kid. There 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 are a lot of them, but man, like um, uh, he's just making little jokes. These are these are must wins for the jazz dancers. Are they new skin jazz dancers? Oh, new skin. So sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, I think they're i think the sponsorship changed it might be like america first now or something i no. can't remember america first. i don't know <laughs> they're always changing that stuff america next first year they're gonna be the, next year they're gonna be the cowhide comics <laughs> that there you go i mean yeah sky's the limit for you guys man um so yeah so i i think must win is such a weird term to use i i remember one of my friends actually uh, was asking Tony Jones. It was like game four against the Blazers. It was still like early March or late February or what it was. It was still like two months before the end of the season. And um, they, he called it a must-win game because the Jazz needed to have the season series against the Blazers for some reason. Mm-hmm. And as, as we all know, at the end of the season, it didn't matter. You know, the Blazers tried to lose the game to get the Jazz to fall Perfect to their sweet. seed. And yeah, and it didn't work anyway. And so if the Jazz had lost one more game, they would have played the Blazers in the first round. So those must-win games weren't must-win at the time. They it's, they feel like must-wins, but yeah. again, they, they, you don't know until the end of the year. So, but yeah, so uh, I think I think that's this weird phrasing. I should say, boom. Phrasing. That's a that's a very good point. That's a very yeah. good point. Okay, Archer, we got you. <laughs> Um, 
so so you know what just came on so i'm watching the replay you know in the background as we the replay of the game in the background and what just came on is that new commercial i don't know if you guys have seen it the anti-discrimination commercial um, oh, yeah. it has a bunch of different utah athletes and you know just from every single professional organization and then they have the coaches from byu and utah you know they've got wit they've got uh, kalani and Anyways, but I, I kind of just love that ad because it shows like the diversity of athletes that we have. And then also it just they have them speak in like their native language, which is kind of awesome. You know, you know, mm-hmm. hear Rudy speaking in his native language, hear Bogdanovich speaking in his native language. It's kind of it's kinda, just kind of cool. And then one of the uh, one of the uh, female soccer players, she I, I don't know what language she speaks, honestly. <laughs> so I couldn't recognize it. I'm guessing it was a Slavic one. <laughs> <laughs> It did, probably wasn't Croatian because it didn't quite sound Croatian. <laughs> but yeah, I just thought that that was that's like a really cool thing that that I feel like Utah is getting more, you know, we're more culturally aware, we're more conscious of like the differences in people and stuff like that. And I think that's a really great direction for our state to move in, honestly. Yeah, I'd say our whole darn country. Let's get that moving. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah. amen to that, man. Amen to that. Totally. Too much, too much divisive rhetoric in this country. Yeah. There's that. There's nothing. Uh, I'm, uh, yeah. There's the. That's a not not a bad sentiment to have. Um. So, Jared, Jared uh, you're watching the replay because uh, you weren't able to watch it live like some of us did. No. But um. Uh, where Where are you at there? It's halftime. Halftime. Well, um. Uh, so I'm gonna give you a small spoiler alert. What happened here? Um. One thing uh, I noticed. It's no big deal. Well, one thing I noticed about the game is um, I don't know if um, the Hassans uh, saw this too, but um, I, I I think I saw Conley and Donovan Mitchell. They got a lot deeper in the paint today than they did Monday. So we saw just like we saw very few floaters today. Cat um, uh, was dropping way back on uh, Rudy on the pick and rolls. <coughs> Conley was able to get to the uh, whoa. Good. Bless you. Yeah, that was, that was me sneezing. Sorry. Conley, Conley was able to get to the um uh, uh to to the rack um uh, way easier. He didn't he didn't need to pull the the floater today. Um, uh, so I thought that was really uh, nice to see um less floaters and that, I think that really helped the Jazz offense today. Yeah, that's good because Towns doesn't seem like like you know he's not a really great defender. He's okay, but he's not great. Like he can block shots on occasion, but. He's, he's, he's an not somebody that you can sustain on defense. Yeah, yeah like, he's exactly. A, we saw, you know, you guys probably saw the Andy Bailey tweet today. Bleacher Report made some, like, fancy – oh, was it, yeah, it was Slam made some fancy video about what an awesome defender Cat is. And then Andy Bailey replied it out, and he's like, uh, they're actually a point and a half worse when he's on the floor. <laughs> like, he's not a defender. Mm. Yeah. Yeah that's, yeah, that's what we've always loved talking about is, like, uh, there's a big difference between a guy who can get a blocked shot and someone who can defend so that the shot doesn't happen. Like it's such a massive difference. And Rudy is that guy. Like, you know, he, he alters your offense rather than gets a couple of blocked shots. Right. Well, life, you know. Now I'm going to just throw my two cents out there just because this is how I feel about it. But uh, this is in no way meaning to like throw shade at Andy Bailey or whatnot, but the, the man is basically a Nuggets fan, a Joseph Stan masquerading as a Jazz fan. It's like, uh, <laughs> that can is we, serious can, shade. Can we have shade? No, I'm just, I mean, that's not shade when it's accurate. Like, even, even all my, the friends in my group chat who are all not Jazz fans are like, 
yeah, that guy's basically basically a Joe stand. Does he even root for your team? But then they make fun of when he writes that article about Rudy being as good as Prime Dwight Howard, and they they, they had a field day with that. <laughs> I mean, the the man brings so much pain to me as a Jazz fan, just because everybody will will make fun of the the like McCade level takes that he has. Yes, McCade is not a friend of the show. Sorry, McCade. <laughs> Sucks to suck. <laughs> Now, Andy Bailey's a cool guy. Uh, don't get me wrong. And I'm not trying to alienate no. any listeners or anything, but that's just that's just my opinion. Yeah. We're all for honesty here on this pod. <laughs> but to your point, who you were mentioning, um, Conley and Donovan getting deeper in the paint, I think uh, on the games where the Jazz lose, the majority of their shot selection has come from floaters or rest- non-restricted area field goals. So defenders are pulling uh, or pushing jazz players on offense off a three-pointer for like just as hard to take shots, just like a foot off of the three-point line for way less value. I think one of the bigger focuses, and if you look at the box score for this game, is that the jazz are taking more threes and more shots in the paint because those are higher percentage shots. And you get way more value from three-pointer, obviously. But in that loss against... The Timberwolves, the, when the Jazz were at home, they had, like, I think they were 5 of 34 in non-restricted area field goals, which is, yeah, like, just awful. atrocious. Yeah. Like, whatever, mm-hmm. Donovan is in a slump. Like, good players get in slumps all the time. Donovan didn't have a great shooting night tonight either until the fourth quarter, and he kind of fired up again. But I just love the oh, man. Jared, it's so awesome. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Here's what happens. Sorry. Donovan, Donovan no, has five it's trees. fine. I know I know what happens. I know quarter. we I know we win, so it, it doesn't <laughs> matter to me. Like, I honestly don't care. Like typically I'm not the type that really rewatches games unless we're gonna talk about it. Like right. we're just we're just having fun. I just yeah. Well I know it's a win and then I just saw the they just had the graphic of Prince and I'm just like, Oh wow, it's already been three years since he died. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah, isn't doesn't that seem weird? Three years already. Jeez. Shoot. Yeah. So yeah. So just some uh, when you watch tonight, Jared, watch for Conley because like he gets a lot of like he threw a, maybe only two or three floaters from what I remember. He made like one, mm. but a lot of it was like I mean he got right to the well, rim. Well, I bet I bet I bet that made David Locke very 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 happy because you oh, know how much yeah. he hates floaters, right? Well, well <laughs> that's the thing is that like yeah. if you hit them at a high rate, if you hit them at above, if you hit them at a Chris Paul. Above average rate, like way above average rate. Well, even so, he hates shot. the shot. Even yeah, though, that's so fine. he, because uh, like early in the season, we 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 all commented about how Donovan Mitchell was taking a lot of like longer twos, but they were open. Yeah. you know. So and far, my shot. favorite play has been the bogey steal, and then uh, he the cross court passes it to Ingles. Pass, yeah, yeah, to Ingles. Yeah, it's really um, good. Yeah, so the like the mid range shot. It can be a weapon if you do it at a high rate, and it's like the best shot you can take. Because uh, when Donovan took them, it, it wasn't like out of, uh, of the Jazz offense. It wasn't like he was forcing things up. It was because he would come off the screen, and they gave him four feet before you know a defender was at him. So he had a it was basically like a shoot around yeah. jumper, you know. Yeah. And he, he was hitting him at a high rate. Holy crap! Uh, Rudy is dominating so oh, Rudy, far. Rudy's Towns. had a very good game. Yeah, he was oh a- my goodness! T- Towns uh, had only had three points at the half. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, spoiler alert, he doesn't score again until fourth quarter. Um, <laughs> oh, nice. The, the Jazz. See, it's uh, fun, right? Who? Right, right. Eats him alive. He just uh, eats him. Well, I, I know Rudy can eat him alive. I've seen him swallow him whole before. Yeah, so. uh, they play the defense differently. So instead of um, uh, instead of like um, uh, Rudy like, like guarding the paint, he just stayed up on on Carl uh, Anthony Towns and um, uh, Cat had like Cat um, uh, the Cat Man, Cat Towns. Um, yeah, had, I uh, love that Boiler calls him the Cat Man. I can't wait till he says something like Cat Man do or something crazy like that. Oh, he will. <laughs> yeah. Meow. <laughs> I, w- I wish we had Ru- Ruby on the team still so we can go meow. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, That's yeah, the so, only reason we'd only pay him like two million dollars. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, uh, the 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 floaters were the floaters are probably the worst shot um, in the league. It really it really is. Like the, there's a reason why the Jazz were trying to force. Dang, uh, we're still clanging a lot of these threes. I swear. Well, it happens. I mean, we're still hard <laughs> shots. Uh, James Harden is when the Jazz played the Rockets. Yeah, but they were cats making them all. Freaking A, Wiggins and Cat are hitting theirs. This sucks. Yeah, it doesn't matter. We're going to win, so it's all good. <laughs> the Jazz. Yeah, I have a question for you guys. So so for those two games, the two Minnesota games, you play the first one without Wiggins, and the majority of your shots happen inside the paint. How much of that has to do with Okogi and Covington starting and instead of Wiggins, who is notoriously a bad perimeter defender? You know, it it felt like this game, the the game number two, the Jazz just said, you know what? They they saw the game tape from game one and said, okay, this is what we're stopping, and they just did the exact opposite. And Minnesota didn't make the adjustment in time uh, to try to change it. Like they kept trying. To, yeah, like, so far, so far, it really seems like the Jazz have cleaned up mistakes, but Minnesota is just doing a lot of the same. Yes. And like I think. The reason they won last game was because we got in the bonus so early in the fourth. We were just like, we had to start fouling there towards the end because we just couldn't do anything. Because we gave them, we spotted them a 10 point lead towards the end of the quarter. So it was just awful. But Wiggins is getting to the rack with ease. It's kind of interesting. The one thing I do uh, see, and like, so at the beginning of the year, I was a firm believer that the Jazz bench was, bench was going to be good. That was going to be good enough, at least. And uh, 14, 15 games into the season, I'm like readjusting my thought here. Uh, now that I have yep, more data. Exposed. Um, yeah, this is, well, we just have more data now. Like, like, wow, okay. These guys are not playing. I, and I, I don't blame uh, Jeff Green and Emmanuel Boudier because these guys are min- minimum amount players that are playing yeah. better than their minimum contracts. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Right, um, And they're getting a lot of minutes. I think Jeff Green had Right. Some like 27 minutes, yeah. he's playing center position, right out of position. Yeah, that's a rough call. Joe Ingles is playing power forward off the bench for the second yeah. half. It's like so weird. Yeah, it, it, yeah, is, it, it is really strange. Would, would I put Moutier in the top 12 of back to point guards in the league? No. Do I think Moutier is one of the better veteran minimum point guards in the league? Yeah. You know, it's all about like, it's all about what you can get. The Jazz had no had no more cat to play with, so yeah. they had to get minimum, yeah. minimum players. And uh, well, for what I, I had this take, which is probably a bad take, but I said I'd rather have Moutier than than Neto because I feel like you, if you can try to develop something out of Moutier, and he stays, you know, and we're that much better for it. Why oh, the heck sure. not? I totally agree. Even if it's just size alone. 
Who do you, yeah. like, there's a couple yeah, possessions. Yeah, because Neto would get killed on defense. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah there was a, couple, a possession where he, he when they put Ding in, where Moutier stopped or was defending him in the paint. Like, with Raul Neto, and that's I, points. Yeah, right. and I feel like I feel like the more uh, the more I see him play, the more I see him looking to clean up some of those bad defensive tendencies that he just developed on some bad teams. Like yeah. when he was with the Nuggets, they were not a good team. When well, you, he was yeah. when he was with uh, with the Knicks, they were obviously not a good team. They haven't been one for like ten years, um, and they yeah, and they were one for like one one year out of those ten. Like no yeah. no, there was like two years because they they signed Stoudemire. And then before his knee is starting to go, then they signed Mello. Oh, well, they traded the farm for Mello, which was the stupidest thing they could have done. Yeah. <laughs> I, I believe Moutier can be serviceable. And that's kind of what we're, I mean, the thing is that Moutier is also pretty consistent and he's doing a lot on offense that um, uh, sometimes hurts the jazz. Uh, Cause sometimes you get like mm-hmm. the great, like the fake behind the back layup, but then you get the, like the three minute stretches where he just throws up three mid range jumpers out of nowhere not trying to pass yeah. the ball around. So it's going to be a learning thing. And um, uh, there's going to be some, some rough times with him. But again, as far as minimum level players that the jazz were able to get. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's a pretty good, you gift. know, you know who we, I think we haven't celebrated enough. Um, I think that we don't talk enough about how amazing Royce O'Neal has been. Like oh, I, his defense is on point. Um, he's still playing, you know, Basically, I think he's paying better offensively than he was last year. He's a little bit less hesitant to shoot. You know, I mean, these are all positives. And I can, honestly, I wish we had signed him to an extension already because he's going to be expensive. <laughs> yeah, he needs to shoot more. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but he could shoot a little uh, bit more. Yeah. The I think the Royce O'Neal extension um, uh, is something that we'll talk about because like there's there are some semantics that I think the reason why the I mean, I'm sure the Jazz tried to offer him something that he just wanted to wait I think he wants to wait the market out so he should, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, which makes sense yeah and so um uh, I don't think yeah. he cares about going anywhere I just think he wants to see what, what he's worth yeah and that, and it's a very smart business decision to. Yeah, to try to absolutely. get as much money as you can because like oh yeah Donovan just hit a three guys. Oh, you in the third quarter or fourth quarter? Yeah, third quarter. Oh, right, well, wait till the fourth quarter. You're going to be very pleasantly surprised. <laughs> but who do? You, uh, but um, uh, yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, the Jazz have the Jazz are we on their Thanksgiving road trip though? Have a five game uh, road trip coming up, and that first game's in Milwaukee. So the Jazz fans could be in for a rough time because that's going to be a rough road trip for the Jazz. Yeah, uh, that'll that'll be a difficult road trip for sure. Um, I mean, somebody was saying that like their jazz were going to be like, we're, are, we're going to be on a road trip for Thanksgiving. Is that, is that right? Team is. Yeah. Yeah. Five, for so, five yeah. games, Thanksgiving week, they're going to have a five game road trip. Gotcha. So, <laughs> and they were saying that they Conley would just invite everybody over to his Memphis house. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, see about that. No, uh, Mike, Mike Conley says Utah's home, Jared. All right. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> he wouldn't lie about that, <laughs> right? So, um, uh, yeah, uh, and well, then uh, let's home away from home, though. Yeah, that's Memphis's other yeah, home away I, from home. <laughs> I want to, I want to uh, give props to the Jazz starters. Um, all five of them played very well today. Uh, Jeff Green, um, uh, was able to ball out. I, I, I do worry. Like the Jazz are, are playing their starters extended minutes um, uh, today, um, and just the season so far. 
just I, I feel like our, our bench does need to be stronger. Hopefully they come together. I, I don't need Moutier, Green, and Ingles to have the game of their lives every game, but they do need to step up um, uh, more often than they have. So, um, yeah, uh, I feel like Joe. Yeah, we we were, we were gonna thinking about talking about that before, but that but that Joe is just kind of he's been off. Like I thought he was back after that first half last game, but man, it doesn't sure doesn't look like it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what back is. I don't know what Joe like. Well, Joe's... contributing like about twelve points a game, making three or four threes. You know, I mean, boy, if if he did that, he'd be in line for almost some uh, six man of the year. You know, like twelve points a game off the bench is pretty impressive. Yeah, like uh, I think the thing is that Joe's defense um is a little bit slower, but he's still doing really no, well. His on defense that. is still good. I don't, yeah. I don't have any qualms with this defense. Problem is that, I, I, as I said last podcast, I think um, uh, I think age might be creeping up on, on Joe a little bit, and he's just not as effective as he was two years ago when when we saw him at his peak. And so, um, that's, yeah, I can see that. Some of that to me also is, I think Joe's best role has been facilitator. Period. And when people were talking about, you know, Joe's great years being when he had Hayward and. Uh, what's his name? George, George Hill, George Hill, like offensively, those were his best years statistically, you know, it's, and even like from just an impact standpoint, when you're a facilitator, you have to have great players around you. And when he comes off the bench, he's not playing with great players. You know, no, it'll, be interesting, it'll be interesting to see. When, when Ed, 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 how, yeah. You know, how that, how that changes like the lineup for everything. Right, right, right. And that's, I mean, that's why we're seeing Donovan when he plays in the second unit, too, is it's not looking great. Um, uh, and Quinn Snyder changed his rotation up a little bit. He gave some more minutes to Bogdanovich in the second unit. Yeah. It seemed to help a little bit. So, um, no I wish example. the whole starting lineup was getting less minutes, fewer minutes. Yeah. Oh, I, I wish too, but. So much. Exactly. What do do? <laughs> yeah. The, the big fear right now, yeah, that's my big fear is that they're going to get. They were going to be exhausted um, uh, at the end of the year, <laughs> so yeah, we'll see. Um, all right, well, guys, um, we we have to take our first break here, so we're going to take, or, or actually, uh, we're going to take another break here. Excuse me, uh, take another break here. Uh, when we come back, though, we're going to do um, a little more jazz talk, but we're going to do some. Um, uh, we're talking about your Etsy store. We're going to talk about the Simpsons, and um, so stay tuned for that. Woohoo! Okay, I'll stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode. Also, thanks to our Utah sponsors, the Off-Broadway Theater in downtown Salt Lake and the Great Room Escape in Layton, Utah. If you have a second, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and all other podcast platforms. It helps us podcast out, and we will enter all written five-star reviews into a drawing for free tickets to either the Off-Broadway Theater or the Great Room Escape. Just write a five-star review, and you'll be entered to win. Welcome, folks. Welcome back to Hitting the High Notes. And we are um, hitting the high notes today with Dustin Tanner and Davis Hansen. Uh, what is you guys' Twitter handle again? Uh, Cowhide Comics. If you search Cowhide Comics on Twitter, you will find it. Yeah. Uh, what kind of comics um, uh, do you guys uh, draw? Well, actually, I, um, I just finished a book with DC um, that I'm doing a graphic novel with them. Detective Comics? Until May. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the three is, this is Dustin. I'm, I'm the dad 
and I've corrupted my two sons over the years, making them read comics, draw, and watch sports. <laughs> so we're all kind of pretty hard into the, the comic scene. Um, just finished a graphic novel with DC, um, and that'll be out in May. Because, you know, when you finish cool. stuff in the books industry, you have to wait a thousand years for it to get printed. Um, What's it? What, uh, is there a working title for it? There is. It's called My Video Game Ate My Homework. Um, oh, it, that sounds has a Yeah, I'm really excited about it. It's one of the like one of the rare I, new IPs that DC has done in the last 15 years. So it's been really fun. Mm -hmm. They were super cool about you know just letting us explore and do really cool things and bring a new property to DC. So it was, it was a fun fun opportunity. That's awesome. And cool. Davis, who was here but decided that he, I don't know, he ran away. We don't know where he is. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did all the all the color work for it. So Davis and I worked on that first one. Um, that's kind of that's kind of where the comic thing happened. Um, and but at the beginning of the season, it was probably like literally like a couple of days before. We were just goofing around and and talking about like. Oh, I know what it was. It was the Portland Trailblazers. The Portland Trailblazers have a, a poster program that they do where they sell like 50 limited edition prints every game, and they're by 50 different Portland artists. Um, oh, and so somebody awesome. was sharing that around, and they're really cool, super beautiful prints. And we're like, man, if I had jazz prints like that, I'd hang them all over. Like, that would be so cool. We're like, well, we can draw. We're jazz nerds. Why don't we just do a couple is what we were going to do. We were just going to do home games and do them when we felt like it. And so far, I think we've done every game pretty much. We we just – it's just been a lot of fun. So once we kind of get started. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome, man. Yeah, so uh, like, I, like I mentioned earlier, the uh, the print that I, I even bought, I went to your Etsy store and bought it. Uh, was a Simpsons um, a print that you did um, uh, for the last Minnesota Timberwolves game. And um, I can't remember if we talked about that in the pre-meeting or in the, on the podcast. <laughs> but, uh, why don't you explain again like, um, uh, how that came about? Yeah, I think well, one thing that we've liked kind of playing around with, if you look on the Etsy store, um, you'll, you can kind of see the history of the first 12. We, we've experimented all just, kinds of stuff. What's that? You just searched Cowhide Comics on, on Etsy? Yeah, that's probably the best way to find it. Um, okay. It'll show up pretty quick there. Um, cool. And you can kind of see kind of where we started. And we were doing some our, – our our motto has been for us here, like if we don't want it on the wall and if it's not fun, that we're not doing it. Um, so we're being really selfish. <laughs> like we're, we're drawing stuff that's fun for us and that, that we think would be cool. And it's just so happened that I think it resonates with a lot of other jazz fans. So that's been a lot of fun. Um, but the Simpsons one just kind of popped up, you know, when Disney plus came out, we were like, Oh my gosh, like Simpsons, this is like all of the Simpsons episodes. So we've kind of been binging a little bit. And if I'm being really honest, when my sons who are not young anymore, but when they were young, Simpsons was totally banned from our house. <laughs> Oh man! So, so Tanner Davis, didn't, didn't you're like my him. you're like my mom before she had a revelation or not revelation, but like she had a change of heart. We'll say she banned <laughs> the Simpsons from the house. Yeah, they were banned from my house. My wife still hates it. Like anytime we talk about the Simpsons, she's like, "Oh, it's so horrible!" But she's never watched it. It's hilarious. I mean, <laughs> if she thinks 
The Simpsons is horrible. I wonder if she thinks about Family Guy. I mean, oh, cause... she's brought that up too. She's not a Family Guy fan. We watch it. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's definitely not one of my favorite shows. Like, it's it's very joke machine type humor. Which yeah, yeah. The, the old Simpsons were not. The old Simpsons were. That's 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 what people do not understand about the classic Simpsons, man. Like, how do you, do you guys have an all time favorite Simpsons episode? Either the two of you. I don't know if I have favorite episodes, but I know we have a lot of quotes that we use in the house. Okay. Like, uh, um, just because I don't care doesn't mean I don't understand. Like, is a Simpsons quote <laughs> that we've said a lot. <laughs> and, uh, well, I know we, the whole family does I Am So Smart, SMRT. Like, I don't know how many. Yeah, I, lo- I love Anytime that. anyone does anything dumb, you know, we all yeah. change it around. Yeah, we're burning down the house while he's dancing around. Right. <laughs> I, I will say I'm a, I don't need my high school diploma anymore. <laughs> I will say that you guys' um, uh, ideas are very interesting. I would love to subscribe to your newsletter. <laughs> we should do one. We we you know the funny thing is we didn't really I mean, yeah, of course we'd love to sell some posters. That that's fun, but we really just kind of decided to do it for ourselves at first and you know, so the business business side of it's been a little bumpy. Um, we're trying to still kind of figure that out and trying to find the perfect person to supply good, high quality prints and things like that. But I think we're kind of in a pretty good swing now, and we've got some fun things planned. We're always open for suggestions, those kinds of things. But cool. yeah, so uh, uh, how long have you guys been? Uh, uh, so you guys have started this season. I'm uh, selling prints or doing prints for the jazz or. Yeah, we just started this season. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Um, uh, so you guys uh, have started a new on Twitter and, and on Etsy. So that's all. Like, so and Cowhide, obviously, you know the great um, a call from uh, Hot Rod there, and then uh, comics. So yeah, you guys, you guys have very branded yourself. We we know who you are. <laughs> I'm so glad. I've had a couple people ask, like, what's Cowhide? Is that because it's the basketballs made from Cowhide? And uh, one person asked me that on Twitter, and I just sent, I replied with a, a photograph of Hot Rod Hunley, and he's like, "Is this you guys?" I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> like no, man." Okay, that that must. I hope that was like somebody that was under twenty or something. Because, oh, I'm sure. Holy yeah, crap! Sure. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> she's too young for you guys. She's too young for you. Have you seen that meme? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But um, um, yeah, I mean, uh, Jared and I, um, uh, it's funny, like we throw in Simpsons references in our podcast um, uh, just randomly. Like one time I did it without even thinking about it. Oh, really? uh, I, said, I, said, <laughs> I, said, I said Bigly. Uh, it just came out of my mouth. Yeah, he said, yeah, he totally said Bigly. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then I had to kind of take it home and I was like, Oh man, <laughs> how does it go? Oh shoot, how does it go? I, I don't know. I don't know why you're worried about it. It's a perfect. It's a perfectly cromulent word. word. Cromulent word, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the, and then yeah. and then I started making uh, references to uh, what's his face, uh, Jebediah Springfield, because like <laughs> he embiggens America, and must embiggen his soul, his soul. <laughs> um. So you guys, um, so you guys are so yeah. Oh Simpsons fans growing up. Um, uh, did you? So um, uh, uh, Tanner, you're the you're the son, I assume, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, uh, since it was banned no, in your house, brother. How did you guys um sneak watching The Simpsons then? If it was banned, because I, I know you guys did. Don't, don't lie to me. The statute, <laughs> no, the, I won't statute, lie. I'll be... the statute of limitations have passed. You're not going to get in trouble with. <laughs> <laughs> it was a mom. Uh, well... She's not even there. Don't worry. 
<laughs> oh, she can probably hear me right now, but I don't care. <laughs> so I remember we would have dinner at whatever time The Simpsons would start, and my friends at high school, or not high school, much younger, my friends, like junior high age, would watch The Simpsons and talk about it at school, and I, was, I would always feel left out. So I would ask to be excused from dinner early. I would eat really quickly, and then I would catch the last half of The Simpsons episode. I'd have no idea what the content was. <laughs> <laughs> and then I try to remember a couple of things from it to talk with about my friend to talk right, about right. it with my friend. Good man. That's funny. To, to be fair, um, it was, it was, if it was like the first 10 seasons of the, uh, the first 10 seasons of the Simpsons, like the first like seven or eight minutes really had nothing to do with the rest of the plot. So right. <laughs> it was like, it was like, it was like a setup for like the real plot. It was funny. Right. Um, yeah. So that's, that's cool. And so now you guys, you know, we have, um, uh, Disney plus, which I hear that has like 90% of all the episodes on there. For some reason, they're like missing like 10% of the episodes. So it's weird. Uh, what, um, of the Simpsons. Um, of the Simpsons. Yeah. I don't know if it's 10% or, well, you know what the real problem is? The real problem is they're cropped. So some right. of the visual gags are like, okay, so they're visiting the Duff plant, right? The right. Duff plant, the best, one of the best visual gags that you see is up above the thing where it's Duff die, Duff die, or yeah, Duff, Duff dry. <laughs> yeah, and Duff dark, and then just, you know, classic Duff. They're all coming out of the same tube. Like, oh, man. Oh, <laughs> and then they're split into three different things. But they crop that out so you can't see it. Right. Oh, like it's like and it's just like man that's ruined that's ruining some of the freaking yeah, jokes like that's painful. like because honestly that's the that's the great thing about early simpsons is that they were so rich in humor there were humor there was humor from the art on the artist side of things and then they had guys like conan o'brien and you know all these other people that went on to do great show writing elsewhere yeah. writing for them so they, they had this just staff just jam-packed with talent you know, from Harvard and Yale and all this stuff. And then, you know, as the seasons go on, seasons five, six, seven, eight, nine, they start losing this amazing staff. And then you get around to like 10, 11, and you've only got like a couple guys left. Like, I think, what, what's his name? Gene something or other. So like one of the only guys left from the early days. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of sad. I mean, you can definitely see, well, okay. So I'm a huge Simpsons nerd. So I'm just going to pontificate a little bit about Simpsons. <laughs> um, so like there's a website called no home nohomers.net in reference to that stonecutters thing you know where there's a lot of simpsons fans that'll post on a board like that um there's this great uh youtube video that's about half an hour by this guy i think his name is well he goes by entertain the elk on youtube and it's just it's it, it explains like when, the day the simpsons died basically and it talks about just how homer transformed from this loving father into what everybody in the community refers to as jerk ass Homer, or just like, you know, everything was focused on Homer. Homer didn't give a crap about anybody else. Like he was like terrible to his family. He's terrible to everyone. And you're like, how could anybody get along with this guy? <laughs> like, cause early on Homer is this, you know, kind of lovable character, but he yeah. does kind of morph into this like caricature of himself, you know, like midway. <laughs> When the Simpsons dies, you could say. Yeah. It's just kind of sad <laughs> how it is now. Yeah. So um, uh, you guys have like a rich history with the Simpsons. Uh, one of you guys even worked um, uh, sort of on a Simpsons game, right? Yeah, I did. I did. I, 
I worked um, at EA for most of my career. I uh, worked in the video game industry. I actually worked on a lot of sports games initially for them. I worked on Madden and, you know, those EA sports games. I helped them launch a franchise called EA Big that made games like NFL Street, which was totally my baby. I Still today my favorite oh, game I ever worked on. Um, that's cool. Yeah, it was fun. And we, we lived in Florida during that time. Um, I have some great Tracy McGrady story. You'll have to have, I'll have us on for another podcast. And we'll talk about that. But, um, <laughs> okay. Sounds um, good. Man, but sounds I, awesome. uh, I left Florida because it just wasn't working great for our family. And we had like three hurricanes in three months and tore our house up. And, you know, it's a, oh, lovely, a lovely Florida story. And so we decided to move back to Utah. And so I left EA. And started my own company for a while, um, and EA was my biggest contract, which is hilarious because I left them, and then they're like, "Hey, you want to keep working with us?" And at the time, they were doing the Simpsons game, um, and so they contracted me and a few people that were working with me to to make the art for the Simpsons game. And it was it was a lot of fun. It was cool to see like all the original like turnaround drawings of all the main characters, um, you know, like drawn by the original artists and to kind of see some of those things and to see, to try to take something that was two dimensional, you know, like a 2D cartoon and try to figure out how to make that work right from a 3D perspective was really fun and like just really cool, challenging project. Um, you know, and then it's always fun to like, just, you know, the original voice actors recorded all the lines for the game. So we get to hear those early and it was written by the writers from Fox Gracie. So, you know, it felt really, felt really authentic, um, but that's fun. Yeah. So I've, I've been dabbling around with Simpsons art style for a long time. Definitely an influence of mine. What makes the Simpsons art style unique and great? What was that? Sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, I asked him, uh, what makes the Simpsons art style like unique or great or like just fun to draw? Part of it's their color palette. Like, I mean, nobody else does stuff that looks like it's you're dying of jaundice. Like, <laughs> it was yeah. bright yellow. Right? That's very true. It's so funny. Like, and, and then the over the top noses are obviously a huge part of it, too. Yeah, so. There's like a couple of things you can, you know, if you're drawing somebody with Simpsons, you're like, yeah, just go straight from the bottom lip all the way to your neck, and you have a Simpsons character. Like, yeah. Don't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to uh, get my own I'm, uh, Avi here um, uh, after this podcast, uh, Simpsons style. So. <laughs> We'll, we'll hook you up. Send us a picture. Right. Awesome, yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So, um, uh, so we talked about your Simpsons and your art background, but we haven't talked about your guys' Utah Jazz fandom background. Like, um, uh, how did that start? Um, uh, how did you guys become jazz fans? Well, I've been a jazz fan. Obviously, my dad has been a jazz fan much longer than I have. Um, but I've been watching the jazz ever since I could remember. Just playing basketball with my friends, pretending I was Darren Williams. Or Andre Kirilenko, Carlos Boozer, like that's the era that I grew up with. Mehmet Kerr playing the Spurs gotcha. in the uh, Western Conference Finals, right? Manu Ginobili and so all that stuff. If you if you had to choose from that team, that Jazz team you mentioned, what uh-huh. who would your favorite player be? Favorite from that generation? Yeah. Oh my gosh! It's terrible. It's Because for me, because for me, <laughs> I've got I've got a one-two, and and then everybody else kind of just after that. Yeah. <laughs> I loved Darren Williams, but the way he left really hurt. Um, probably AK 
AK-47 okay. is my number that's one. A, that's a good answer. For me, yeah. for me, it goes Money Man AK. <laughs> yeah, I love Memo, too. Memo was awesome, too. Yeah. 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 I, I, just, I really wish that Achilles thing hadn't happened, because that was brutal. I know. Yeah. You'd, you'd be an all-star in this league if you were playing for the oh Jazz today. Gosh. Fresh, like, stretch four, stretch five. Like, I mean, oh, that's totally his era. Yeah. I, I grew up uh, in central Utah. We didn't have cable TV. Um, so I, I grew up listening to Hot Rod and the Booner call games on the radio. Uh, that's, that's literally where I heard it. And I, I do remember my first game that I ever saw because I was visiting my grandparents in Kaysville, Utah, and my grandpa was but, watching okay. the jazz game. So, so what you're saying is, uh, is KJS didn't make it out that far? No. No, this was gotcha. probably even before KJS. Oh, this so, is before KJS. Gotcha. So, yeah, I, I remember watching, you know, Adrian Dantley playing and, and those kinds of things a couple of times because we just didn't have TV broadcast. You know, if, if it was on national TV two or three times a year, it, it would be yeah. like, outstanding. And then even the playoff right. games weren't all on TV. Um, and everybody knows. Oh, yeah. Everybody oh, knows those that. are the dark days. Those are like the 70s era of the NBA where yeah. the NBA was dying, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah it really sense. was. And I remember I remember the first playoff game I ever saw, uh, or series anyway, but they only played the last game. They didn't even host mm. the whole thing on TV, like where I was anyway. And so I do remember yeah, watching. And there the first was, I Lakers just remember. I remember hearing that a lot of those games would be on, like on tape delay and all kinds of stuff yeah. like that. It just yeah. it's crazy to imagine going from from something like that to to the era that we have now, where just everything's like at the click of a button. And right. Yeah, crazy. we're just totally saturated now. And yeah. So yeah, I grew up before then. So I've been a, a huge fan of. Well, I was a massive fan of Hot Rod Hundley. Like you know, I could. Oh man. I could call his game. You know, like belt high dribble and gentle push the old mile arc and. You know, I mean, he was just yeah. such a poet. I just absolutely loved listening to him call. And and I'll still say it today. I think Ron Boone's the best color commentator in the NBA. He's the best. Like, just Oh, man, so I, I love Ron. Uh, Ron and Thurl, when they replace Harpering, are, like, it's such a better combo. Because <laughs> like, Bowler is good. But yeah, Harp is just not, not as good enough as, like, an opposite to him or a contrast to him. Harp is just like, yeah, let's just talk about the other team for a few minutes, and then the oh, I'll say something nice about the Jazz, and let me talk about the other team for a few minutes. I'm just like, shut up, man, just shut yeah. up. Like, <laughs> yeah, but my era is definitely the Carl and Stock era. I mean, you know, gotcha. watching all the, the the playoff runs, you know, the finals runs, all that kind of stuff, the push off, which yeah, that's I've got a bunch of friends in I. Chicago that'll be pissed that I even mentioned it and. <laughs> you know, those things just continue. No, that's, yeah, that's who and I. Who and I are, uh, you know, Jordan pushed off. Hashtag, you know, Jordan pushed yep. off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I was gonna say we 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 almost have three generations of uh, of jazz fans here. Where um uh, uh yeah, like uh, you grew yeah. up with like, the Dantley era. I was um uh, more of the Malone Stockton '98 uh, era, and then uh, Tanner there. Yeah, the the the, the Darren Williams uh, Boozer memo era. Yeah. So. Yeah. And now we've got the new kids that are just going to be spoiled to death because they've got the Rudy Donovan era. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't know what they have. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Just be glad that you didn't um, grow up in the Ty Bill Corbin era. Coach yeah. era. Oh, yeah. Dark days. <laughs> the Bill Palacio era. Run. You trying to get our scouting report? <laughs> when we were like, man, why isn't Ronnie Brewer an all-star? 
<laughs> Ronnie Bruce. Oh man. <laughs> or Chris Humphreys. Chris Humphreys. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. goodness, Chris Humphreys. What a gotcha that was. Before the fall. Flat poor guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually read an article. I think he did an article for uh The Athletic this last year and it talked about like that whole saga with him and Kim and just and it was it was oh. just fascinating, honestly, to hear it from his perspective. It was like, wow, I can definitely understand why, you know, it was such a struggle and whatnot for him because it's just so weird, man. So much pressure, so much attention all of a sudden. It's just like, ugh. No one's prepared to handle that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and this is before we knew, like, the, you know, the true power of social media and, like, like, the Kardashians started being everywhere, a household name and that stupid tv show and all that crap <laughs> excuse me stupid <laughs> oh wow oh That's wow okay I'm, I'm sorry to offend your sensibilities just wait to see our kardashian poster it's coming out next yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> <Damn> <laughs> <for tea. laughs> that's, that's pretty dang good man that's a good poster <laughs> um so yeah gentlemen thank you guys very much for joining us um uh, we had we know we had some technical difficulties before we started the podcast but i'm glad we were able to get it done um, uh, guys, so, you know, put yourself over. I'm gonna talk about your store, talk about your Twitter handle. Um, if they want, you want people to follow you on social media. Where, where can we do that? Yeah, I think probably just the best place to find us is Twitter because we just there's such a fun jazz family up there. You know, um, you know, I've Cowhide Comics. You know, at Cowhide Comics is the best place to find us because, like I said, this really is like a jazz family thing for us, and we do love the jazz mm-hmm. tweets and. You know, it's always fun for us to see people that I've talked to on my other account uh, for years and to see him kind of migrate over to Cowhide Comics has been really fun. So, you know, oh, okay. I, so you've got a personal account too, right? Yeah, okay. I have gotcha. one that I use for kind of mostly like my books and writing stuff. Um, and that's oh, okay. Just, oh, what do you? Just oh, for, you mean for your comic books, right? Ask, yeah. That's Just Hanson. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, we've um, uh, place to find us. Um, uh, I'll, I'll be retweeting um, uh, some of your stuff out. I, like I said, um, I, as soon as the game was over, I, uh, n- as soon as I found out you guys were selling the print, I, um, I, uh, went and bought one. So I can't <laughs> wait for that to arrive. That's so nice. We put out tonight, the Carl Malone legend one. So we, yeah. we're going to do a oh, series really? of five of those. I think, I think we're going to do five. That's been a fun thing for even us to debate. And I've thrown a couple of, uh, Twitter polls up there to see like, who would be your five, Legends that aren't currently playing. Um, oh, like a Mount Rushmore style drawing. That yeah, cool. yeah, it would be really cool. A Mount Rushmore would be really cool because it's hard oh, to look at it now and say that Donovan and Rudy shouldn't already kind of be there. But oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they're I, getting. It might be too early. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine if we made a Gordon Hayward one a few years ago? Oh, <laughs> 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 oh I mean, Yeah, that's where you can find us. I mean, right. I'm, I'm I'm just glad that Favors got to so many. Like he made so many land, uh, landmarks, you know, push some other names down the list. <laughs> and like that, like that Hayward guy you just mentioned. He pushed. Him. That's true. That is true. Yeah, that is totally true. We're, we're huge Favors fans too. Matter of fact, we're thinking we've we've actually found that when we make posters that are specifically jazz players, they do better. Like I did a I did a Magic Johnson one which I actually really like. I think it's a fun poster, but nobody even saw it, you know? So when we put a jazz player on it, you know, they do better. 
But we're really thinking gotcha. we gotcha. might have to do a Derek Favors for the game here on the 23rd. Oh, dude. Uh-huh. Because That's it's Favors. I, it's everybody's I would to- favorite. I'm gonna, I'm, I mean, I mean uh, I'm going to have to put that on my Christmas list. Cause it's, the time year where I'm not a, it, it's the time of year where I'm not allowed to, to buy stuff for myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's just kind of a rule in our family. It's like, yeah, you got to stop buying stuff for yourself after, you know, after... Uh, is the end of October? No, yeah. no, it's like somewhere around the beginning of October. You stop buying stuff for yourself. We'll make it oh, after it's... after November twenty third. Yeah, I, I wish I could. Wish I could. I'll just I'll just <laughs> have to send my mom the link. Yep, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Moms <laughs> love Etsy. Are you kidding me? They yeah. love it. I, I mean, except for mine. Like she doesn't. Yeah, no, she doesn't <laughs> usually do a lot of Etsy. I don't know. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Awesome. awesome, guys. Thank you for coming on tonight. Thank you for uh, talking the Jazz, talking the Simpsons. Love, love all that talk. Um, uh, it was a it was a nice game. I'm glad that Jazz Twitter can um uh, all step off the ledge for a little bit now. Um, <laughs> two game losing streak. Some uh, Jazz Twitter gets really like. Here's the thing. I actually I actually like when Jazz Twitter kind of has a meltdown because it gives me content to talk about. <laughs> I also I also feel bad. I'm like, guys, we need to, we just need to calm down a little bit. It's okay. It's not the end of the world. We'll be all right. We will be fine. All right. We will be fine. Honestly, I just like to laugh at the people freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jared, where I, am I? I mean, I don't usually laugh at them as much as I just laugh at them to myself. Like, right. Jared, I'm well, because I used, I used to make fun of people more, but, you know, at Go the Distance 49 is, uh, is trying to be nicer to people. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's my alter ego. <laughs> ego. <laughs> so yeah. Um. Uh, again, follow um, uh, my the, follow the Twitter handle here at Jazz High Notes. You can follow me personally at Who Trans Superman. Uh, that's H U U T R A N Superman. And at Jazz High Notes, I'm uh, we watching the games here, getting ready for Derek Favors the Derek Favors print. I will be happy to retweet that out to the followers and everywhere, and um, uh, get some of those prints because I know people want the favorites print. So, oh, yeah. man, hey Tanner, Dustin, it was great to have you guys on, and at, at, yeah, we're gonna promote the heck out of that because that's that's great content. That's great. I know people will put want to put that up in their man cave. I'm sure Lex is gonna want one. We had Lex on here, and she's a big Favors. Fan herself. <laughs> uh, you guys know Lex? Uh, she's I do big on Twitter, Twitter. But yeah. yeah. MLS Forever. <laughs> <laughs> at at Mills, Mills Forever. Everybody. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. right. That's an inside joke for the oh. pod. Yeah. So thank you. I don't guys. know if they've listened to that episode. Guys. Probably not. You're gonna make First it look episode. bad. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Um, uh, Lex knows so. And all right, so uh, folks, come back. Um, uh, come back. Listen to hitting the high notes. Um, uh, we, we've we've been doing weekly podcasts, so. Uh, We'll see you guys next time.